Welcome to Leadership Revealed, where John Paul shares his no-nonsense approach to all things leadership and scaling businesses. John interviews some of the most successful people in their industries to see what it takes to become a great leader. Be prepared for the truth about leadership and business. Please welcome your host, serial entrepreneur and top-selling author, John Paul. Hi everyone, welcome to another edition of Leadership Revealed. And in today's episode, I'm going to talk to you about why leaders are readers. Now, it's a very common phrase and something you've probably heard being spoken many, many times before. But I want to give you my experience and the people I've met and how they are really, really great leaders and they're also very successful in their chosen fields. And I absolutely 100% believe that there is a very strong, in fact, there is a correlation between those that read a lot and those that are very successful, good communicators and build up a lot of friendships and build up rapport. But before we get into it, what I'd love you to do is like and subscribe to this YouTube channel. So every time we do a brand new video, then you will be first told about this so you can get all the information. You can watch it straight away. So the first reason why leaders are really good readers is that it allows you to learn more. So it goes without saying that the more you read, the more information you will retain and the more you will actually know. So I'm reading around about a book every two weeks at the minute. I try to read a book a week, but with the various things that I've got going on, it's just it's just not practical. Um, now, if I was just reading novels or reading books, then yes, I could get one a week, but I do a lot of research on things. So I'm reading a lot of papers, a lot of Google and a lot of internet. Um, so I'm only getting to about a book every two weeks. But the amount of information I feel as though I'm consuming is absolutely fantastic compared to when I never used to read. Now, I've been an avid reader for about eight to nine years now, um, and I must have read, oh, I don't know, five, six, seven hundred books, something like that. I've got a huge, huge library. But I do feel as though that the more I read, the more I learn. And that has a knock on effect when I'm talking to people, which is one of the other points. So the seven points in total. So that's the first one. The second one that I think is massively important is that you can change your beliefs and your understandings on things. And I think it makes you more of a better, well-rounded person. So I'll give you an example. So I'm a massive Winston Churchill fan. I think he's great. However, when I started to look into him and research him, I found out there was a lot of things that he didn't do, that, that he did that weren't so great. I'm not going to go into detail. It's not the... Um, the, the purpose of this video. Um, but what I did do is I researched him and I found that great. He wasn't such a, um, a fantastic prime minister as I, I first thought. And what that allowed me to do was have a little bit of self-awareness and self-understanding and self-regulation, I suppose, is to don't be too proud or too sort of single-minded to change your beliefs on certain things. And books and consuming information allows you to have an alternative viewpoint. And quite often, more often than not, that viewpoint is better researched and it's better evidence and it has more facts than my own limited belief in certain things. And that was certainly the case with uh, the Winston Churchill example. Now, that doesn't mean I think all the good things he did, I think any less of them. I've just got a well, uh, a more rounded, well-balanced viewpoint of Sir Winston Churchill. Um, there was somebody else a couple of years ago I was talking to who, who thought about colonialism. Now, I was quite well read on that, and I understood that the British Empire, um, we did some pretty nasty and horrible things and things that we should be ashamed of in, in quite um, in brutal honesty. Um, but that's not taught in schools. And it was a very well-educated chap, and I was having a good conversation with him. And I won't go into too much detail, but he couldn't believe that some of the things I was telling him. 
and it was, you know, the East India Trading Company, all that sort of stuff back in the 1700s, the 1800s, and, and, and even further back than that. Um, and you, you, I lent him a book, he read and he came, read it and he came back and he went, do you know what, John? You're absolutely right about that. I didn't realise we had such a violent, despicable history. And the reason is we're not taught it in schools. And it's completely wrong. We should be taught the bad things that we, we've done. Um, there's, there's a girl that works for us, uh, uh, German heritage, and you know she's in her 50s, mid 50s. And when she was at school, she was taught everything that what the Nazis in the Third Reich was all about and what Hitler. And it was taught in the hope that history would not repeat itself. So they got warts and all exactly what they did as a, as a nation. And I said, wow, that's amazing because, you know, the bad things that we've done in England and Britain and the invasions and every country we've invaded and all the nasty things we've done, we've never been taught that. And, and her answer was, well, the theory behind it was that you can see what a, a complete and set horrible people we've been. We don't want history to repeat itself. And I think that's a fantastic thing. And by reading, you get the viewpoints of, of everybody else, um, which actually leads me on to point three, which is empathy. So if I've got a particular point of view and I'm single-minded in it and I haven't evaluated everybody else's point of view, it's actually quite a low-level thinking. What I want to do is, is expand my way of thinking, expand my critical thinking, critical analysis, and to be able to evaluate all the information, all of the information, not just my information that I've brought to the table, and then come up with my own viewpoint, a well-balanced, well-rounded um, opinion. And that's all we want. We want to be able to go into a conversation, a debate, dare I say, an argument with all the information so that we, we've got a truly well-formed opinion of something based on facts and evidence. And by reading and reading and reading, that allows us that. And it's not just reading one source. Don't have that, that cognitive bias where we'll read a certain viewpoint to prove our already established viewpoint. You want to find all the information pertaining to a subject and read conflating and conflicting views because they might have a point. We might have just read the British history version. I mean, what's the saying? History is written by the victors. So we're gonna get the, the winner's viewpoint. I want to know how we treat people, how we acted, how we responded, what, what made us invade somewhere in the first place. I want to know the Indian's viewpoint as well and some really good books about that as well. So reading allows you to have empathy. And as you can imagine, if you run a business and you've got staff, that empathy can cascade down into the way you treat, lead, and manage your employees. Um, so there's been several studies on reading and expanding the mind and expanding the brain and how it is largely, it can, de it can um, prevent brain damage, especially Alzheimer's. There's even been studies which I've read that suggest, strongly suggest with some, some big facts um, that it can actually um, improve longevity, it can make you live longer. So when you think about it, the muscle, uh, sorry, the memory or the brain rather is a muscle. The, the more you use something, the stronger it gets, the bigger it gets, um, the tougher, the more impervious to pain, the more impervious to injury. So it kind of stands to reason that if we are actually going to be exercising that brain and using that brain and expanding it into different areas that we've never expanded it into, then we're going to get the most out of it. There's a really good book called The Talent Code by Daniel Coyne, and in it, he talks about the process of myelinization. And effectively, what it is, is the brain has got, you've got synapses, electrical impulses sent from your brain down to your arm, your leg, whatever, to pick, to pick up the cup of tea or to kick the football, whatever it is. Now, what happens is the more you do something, 
the stronger that, that connection is. And, it, and, and basically a, a white sheath called myelin wraps around those synapses. And think of it as an electrical conducting wire. That rubber sheath and electrical conducting wire wraps around that copper wire to make sure the electric flows faster. So it was going pulse, pulse, pulse. Now with this myelin wrapped around it because you've done um, practice it and practice it and the sheath has got bigger and thicker and bigger and thicker, it's pulse, 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 pulse. So when you're playing sport, if you've ever come up against somebody who seems to have more time on the ball, or you've been in a conversation where somebody just seemed to know exactly what to say at the right points, or they were great debaters, or they had the answers literally on the, the, the tip of the tongue at all times, that's because they've been in that situation many, many, many times before. And by being in that situation many, many times before, the brain is stronger and knows exactly what to do the very next time because it's a repeatable practice. It's purposeful practice and you've been in that position many times before. Um, the fifth reason why leaders are readers is it produces your communication skills. So sort of linking onto that is that you pick up words that you've never used before. I am forever using Google on my phone. I've got Google on one hand and I've got the book in the other and I'm Googling things. Um, I first really started to, to use Google for understanding words when um, I read Jordan Peterson's book, The 12 Rules of Life. Now that guy is an absolute phenom. He's an incredibly intelligent, articulate fella. Um, brilliant human being. I know he's, he's quite controversial and I know certain um, uh, subsects of people and women and demographics uh, of, of people don't particularly like him. And I can understand why. Um, but that doesn't take away from his intelligence and, and some of the words he uses. So it, it actually expands your communication skills. It expands um, your vocabulary. And you can use that in other aspects of uh, your business or your life. Um, reading a lot of books on different topics also makes you more interesting. So if you're at a party or a social gathering or a social get-together, you can communicate on various topics and take a, an active part in the conversation and not feel as though you're sitting out on the edge. So you can talk about history, you can talk about geography, sport, music, current affairs, business, the weather. You can talk about absolutely anything and everything. And one of the things I do have is a huge, huge array of interest. So well, firstly, it's, it's probably business and sport, if I'm honest. I love reading autobiographies of famous business people and successful business people, sportsmen, how to improve my business, how to improve my, you know, my physical um, training or, or, or rugby or anything. I love I love that. Um, next is probably history and historical biographies. So, you know, some crazy things I've read, um, B.T. Barnum's autobiography, that was, the, you know, the guy who had the circus, that was incredibly interesting. Rockefeller, Carnegie, um, you know, J.P. Morgan, Richie McCaw was a famous rugby um, captain for the All Blacks. So autobiographies, I really, really get a kick out of. And I just like to hear and, and read how the famous people and understand the mindsets. Um, so which also leads on to you can have communication or you can talk about them to other people because they've the circles you, you form and you knock about in, they've probably heard of those people as well. But even if you wanted to talk about, to my previous example of, you know, Winston Churchill or history or colonialism or how we, you know, the Second World War and, and all that sort of stuff, it's really interesting to people to find out and to learn about the history of a particular nation. And I find it really interesting, facts that I wasn't aware of. So when I speak or talk to somebody who's got an enhanced knowledge of a particular subject, I really do ask them a lot of questions because I'm genuinely interested in it. And I'm hoping that they don't give me the talk and answer that everybody knows, but I want a little bit something different. And if they say, oh, you know, this battle or that happened here, great, I'll go and research that. So 
I mean, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see I've got a huge, huge array of books there. And some of them you'll never have thought in a million years I'd be the type of person to uh, to buy them and acquire them and, and read them. But because of that huge different um, interest that I've got, I do find a lot of a lot of those books very interesting. Um, and the seventh and last thing that reading does is it massively improves your memory. So again, there's been several studies shown that by reading, it's pushing your brain effectively out of its comfort zone. It's that muscle type um, example where you're just using it, use it or lose it. And unfortunately, this is why where a lot of people, a lot, not all, I'm generalizing, of course, but a lot of people who have some sort of brain disease or, or um, brain dysfunction later on in their life, it's normally not far after they retire when they stop using the brain. And I'm sure it was the talent code, the book that they said that, you know, even if you retire, pick up something new, learn to play the guitar, learn, learn a new language, travel, learn history, go back to school, do a part-time degree, an online degree now, or online course. Because as long as you're keeping that brain active, you're keeping it in use and you're hopefully going to keep some the, the disease away. Of course, there are going to be certain diseases and degenerate diseases that are just bad luck. And it's, there's nothing you could have done about it. And, you know, I, I get that. But I'm talking about in the main. So there's a lot of reasons why readers are leaders. Warren Buffett reads five, six, seven hours a day. I know uh, Donald Trump, like him or loathe them, he's, he's a big reader. Um, Richard Branson, James Kahn, all these Alan Sugar, the big readers, even if it's only board reports, even if it's only, you know, financials or the Financial Times or company reports or, or whatever strategy, it's a lot of reading. And the other thing I want to quickly talk to you guys about is when you can find the time. Because a lot of people will say, I just haven't got the time. That's not true. You're kidding yourself and you're kidding everybody else. You do have the time. What you should say is, I don't think reading is as important as what I'm currently doing right now. And that is the truth. Now, I'm not saying you've got to sort of let your kids fend for themselves and not do go to work. But you can, if you can't find 15, 20 minutes to just sit down with a book, waiting in the car, waiting for the kids to come out of school, in the car, waiting for the kids at football practice or ballet practice or gymnastics, you know, instead of watching crappy TV, first thing in the morning, don't flick through Facebook, pick up your bedside book, you can find 10, 15 minutes. And once you get the bug and once you get in the routine that those 10 minutes turn to 20 minutes, then half an hour. And before you know it, you're reading an hour, an hour a day, last thing at night, first thing in the morning. You will learn more from reading a book than you ever will checking on your mate's dinner on Instagram or checking who's upset or who's had a falling out on Facebook. I do it. I get it. But it's in moderation. My, I run my business through social media, but I don't spend endless hours scrolling through it. You know, read, expand your mind, expand your brain, retain more information. And I can guarantee it will affect you better and in more ways than you ever thought was possible. So I hope you've enjoyed that podcast or YouTube if you're watching it on YouTube. Don't forget to like and subscribe and I'll see you next time on Leadership Revealed.